Welcome to the Cyber Rants Podcast, where we're all about sharing the forbidden secrets and slightly embellished truths about corporate cybersecurity programs. We're ranting, we're raving, and we're telling you the stuff that nobody talks about on their fancy website and trade show giveaways, all to protect you from cyber criminals. And now, here's your hosts, Mike Rotondo, Zach Fuller, and Lauro Chavez. Welcome to the Cyber Rants Podcast. This is your co-host, Zach Fuller, joined by Mike Rotondo and Laura Chavez. And today, we are talking about getting into the cybersecurity field, business, industry, whatever you'd like to call it. But how do you get started? What might that look like? What are some options uh, and ways to do that? So that's what we're going to talk about. But before we do, Mike, why don't you kick us off with the news? Good morning, uh, podcast fans. Uh, the cyber or silent sector news desk is well rested after its vacation on the Southern Al- Alabama Riviera. So uh, here are the podcast headlines for 611. Uh, severe RCE vulnerability in VMware vCenter server is under attack. There are more VMware vCenter issues going on. Please patch these as soon as possible. On Wednesday, a researcher published a proof of concept code that exploits the vulnerability. Another specialist declared the exploit is able to be trusted and that little extra work is required to use code for malicious purposes. It can be reproduced using five requests from curl, um, a command line tool that transfers data using HTTP, HTTPS, IMAP, and other common internet protocols. So Patch your VMware. News from the federal government, ransomware is now to be investigated like terrorism. Uh, The U.S. Attorney's Office wants to organize the ransomware investigations that is similar to other national security issues, not the severity of the punishments or the way way convicted persons will be apprehended. I'm assuming there's no SEAL teams that are going to be busting down computer center, but you never know. Um, ransomware, especially ransomware as a service, is a similar organizational structure to some terrorist organizations. So that's the justification behind that. Just another note, about 27% of victims are choosing to pay ransom right now. And there is discussion that they're going to make paying ransom illegal, which let's do that because that ransom just funds terrorism. Please do. Please do that. That would be excellent. Yeah. News today, researchers discover first known malware targeting Windows containers. Security researchers have discovered the first known malware dubbed Siloscope targeting Windows server containers to infect Kubernetes clusters and cloud environments. It is a heavily obfuscated malware targeting Kubernetes clusters through Windows containers, said Unit 42 researcher um, at Palo Verde. Its main purpose is to open a backdoor into poorly configured Kubernetes clusters in order to run malicious containers such as, but not limited to, crypto jackers. Uh, this also dovetails into hitting your Hyper-Vs. Definitely worth looking in, looking into this at the Hacker News. Interesting story that came out that the U.S. must redefine critical infrastructure for the digital era. And it's a really good point. This is American definition of infrastructure has remained largely unchanged since World War II, uh, when the federal government updated roads, railways, water supplies, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, back then, communications was basically radio. But right now we've learned, especially through the pandemic, that our economy relies heavily on robust internet or our digital infrastructure is the lifeblood of basically enabling people to continue to work, at least for the laptop clouds. Um, this is good news. FBI recovers millions in ransomware, ransom from dark side ransomware gang. I'm sure we've all heard about this, but they were the DOJ was able to claw back about $2.3 million worth of cryptocurrency uh, that was paid to dark side for the uh, colonial hack. On the, on the other side of that, 
meatpacking organization JBS paid $11 million to our evil for ransomware hacks. Basically, JBS is the world's largest meatpacking enterprise declared this week that it paid an $11 million ransom to our evil ransomware threat actors. Uh, it ultimately paid the requested ransom in order to keep their stolen information from being leaked online and reduce any unanticipated issues related to the crypto cyber attack. I don't know what critical information meat packers have, but apparently it's worth $11 million. Um, billions of compromised records and counting why the application layer is still the front door for data breaches. This is an interesting story. Each year, the number of data breaches grow by 30%, while the number of records compromised increased by an average of 224%. Uh, that's pretty scary. In January alone, more records were stolen than all of 2017. So attackers are continuing to evolve their tactics to get access to sensitive data. They're using more sophisticated methods and research finds that nearly 50% of data breaches over the past several years originated at the web application layer. Attackers continue to use SQL injection or remote code execution to exploit vulnerabilities. So basically protect all paths to the data. Um, we found out how DarkSide got into Colonial. Um, basically, it's an old VPN password. So they discovered it inside a batch of leaked passwords. Somehow that that account was still left active and basically were able to get in. So a silent sector recommendation, create a strong separation and termination policy and account auditing to ensure this doesn't happen in the future. So when you terminate someone, make sure all of their accounts are terminated. Uh, analyze their you know account usage every, every year. Um, this is kind of funny. Hundreds of suspected criminals arrested after being tricked into using FBI-run chat app. Basically, the Australians and the FBI and 16 other countries came up with a chat app called Anom that was added to mobile phones um, that basically uh, was supposed to be encrypted data that criminals were using, global criminal organizations were using. Um, in reality, they were just feeding data directly to these, uh, <laughs> these police organizations. Good job. Microsoft patches six day at a security, six zero day security hole. Excuse me. Uh, Microsoft on Tuesday released another round of security updates for Windows operating systems, including fixes for six zero day bugs, remote code execution bugs, and then four elevation of privilege flaws. So that is something to be very concerned about. Make sure you patch everything. And lastly, emerging ransomware targets dozens of businesses worldwide. Emerging ransomware strain in the threat landscape claims to have breached 30 organizations in just four months. So an operational, supposedly part of the REWL syndicate, which is apparently everywhere now. However, it was first observed in February 21, 2021. It's called Prometheus. It's just an offshoot of another ransomware variant called Thanos, uh, which was previously deployed against state-run organizations in the Middle East and North Africa. Currently, they're targeting government, financial services, manufacturing, logistics, consulting, agriculture, healthcare, insurance, blah, 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 everything out there. So um, good news, there's another ransomware. Laura, what do we got for vulnerabilities today? Yikes, well, thanks for that, Mike. Certainly nice to have you back. Um, it was just weird with me doing the news, to be honest with you. I didn't feel- Not everybody can be as talented as I. No, it was dirty. I had to like bathe afterwards, it's bizarre. So for exploitation uh, to be worried about this week, uh, Microsoft SharePoint Server 16 has a GitXML data form data source server side request forgery vulnerability that is exploitable to payloads there for use. So if you're running uh, version 16, make sure that you're upgrading that. And that's um, Windows Server 2019 that's testing on for proof of concept. Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, 
And the rest that I have, again, is just a tale as old as time. I probably shouldn't even bring these up anymore, but my gosh, there are just, there's three more WordPress plugin <laughs> remote code execution pieces for WordPress Discuss, uh, the visitor app plugin, and for, <laughs> for um, the smart slider, the smart slider plugin piece for WordPress. So careful you're what plugins you're using for WordPress. Man, I'm just saying like WordPress is becoming as dangerous, if not more dangerous than using Microsoft. Or Chrome. <laughs> maybe, Chrome. Maybe just just get off get get off WordPress. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like playing. Yeah, it's like playing with a barrel cactus. You know, it's just I don't understand. <laughs> well, uh, and by the way, uh, for those of you listening that want to find news articles, if you go to our website and the podcast pages uh, for each episode, we will have links posted. So you can read the articles in detail, all good stuff. Uh, I know Mike goes through a lot more articles to bring you the ones that are of importance. So it's a great source of information. Want even more Cyber Rants? Be sure to subscribe to the Cyber Rants podcast. Get your copy of our best-selling book, Cyber Rants, on Amazon today. This podcast is brought to you by Silent Sector, the firm dedicated to building world-class cybersecurity programs for mid-market and emerging companies across the U.S. Silent Sector also provides industry-leading penetration tests and cyber risk assessments. Visit silentsector.com and contact us today. That being said, uh, by popular request, today we are talking about how to get into the cybersecurity industry and what you need to think about, what you need to do. And I'm gonna preface all this with, uh, it depends. <laughs> there's there's no right answer to that, right? And so everybody's got different skill sets. Everybody has a different point of view, but I figured maybe we'll start by just talking briefly about how you guys got into the cybersecurity industry, Mike and Lauro, because I'm a, I'm a business guy by nature. So yes, I have certifications and such, but um, I uh, have a kind of a skewed viewpoint, uh, I, I would say. So I think people are asking really about how do you become a practitioner in the cybersecurity field? Um, so that said, do one of you mind taking the, the big leap and just sharing briefly, you know, two minutes or so on your path and how that went, what that looked like? So we're talking about history in this podcast, I guess, huh? Yeah, this is ancient, ancient history, history, by the way. Dust off the the cobwebs, you know, off your your uh, your journal from when you got started, because I know you kept a journal. And, yeah, it was on uh, clay tablets. Okay, hey, yep. so <laughs> let me preface let me preface this with um, by popular request. What 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 Zach was was saying is that we were actually perched on LinkedIn, and so if you if you have a request for for a topic, um, you know, don't hesitate to approach one of us on LinkedIn. And, shoot us a message and we'll, if you know, we'll, we'll throw you in the schedule. So thank you for that suggestion. Okay. Now on to Mike, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you go first. Oh, your, wow. your tale is older than time and my tale is as old as time. So I'm not really sure which came first. I, I would say that my tale is older than some of our audience by many years. Um, so, but basically back in the day, I uh, started my IT career by, Actually, it's not that old. It's pretty close to old. But anyway, it's uh, so I started the, the day working. Actually, I was selling computer parts uh, back when six megs of memory would cost you 800 bucks. Um, Driving to work, listening to a cassette tape. Exactly. If you were lucky. 
<laughs> anyway, um, and so I jumped to taking my 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 cutting edge NT4.0 classes uh, because that's what I really wanted to do. Um, went from there. The, my first job interview in the IT security or IT realm was they handed me a stack of floppies for the OS and a stack of floppies for Lotus Notes mail servers. Uh, that was before Exchange. Um, and basically said, you got three days to build this. If you pass, then you can have a job. If not, well, you just wasted three days. So basically, that's how I started. That's how I got into the industry. There was no VMs. There were no clicks. There was stacks of floppy drives. And for those of you who don't know what a floppy drive is, it's a little square disk, about three inches by three inches, that had a piece of magnetic tape and hold, held a whole 1.4 megabytes of data. So Yeah, it's like a zip drive, but softer. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, and you put them in an order. Otherwise, you start over again. So uh, the, the stuff that we had to do back in the day is um, is much different. But anyway, you start from there and you just learned everything you can learn. And that's the way it is. And I didn't really get into cybersecurity until, well, it's still a long time ago. About two, Well, we did it as part of our normal job. It wasn't really a thing called cybersecurity. It was just part of you had to secure your networks. You had to secure yeah, your It's called good engineering, right? Exactly. And then, um, you know, really got into socks and all that kind of stuff in 2004, 2005. So that's where that started. But yeah, there was a good 10, 12 years of me just, that was just what you did. So that's, that that's Sarbanes-Oxley for those, those who don't know, not, not a, not a footwear, not something that goes under your footwear. No, or sports team. Not a, compliance, yeah. compliance requirements. Exactly. Or, or, or yeah, not a sports team either in this, in this instance. So that, that's my story in that show. How about you, Laurel? Well, I learned um, on an abacus, <laughs> clay tablets too. So had clay. Uh, yeah, we had, yeah, we had clay. We had to make it. You know, we didn't just get to go buy it. You know, we were poor. We had to make our own clay. Yeah, I started out doing stuff in, you know, I guess it was about, I, I don't know, maybe fifth or sixth grade. And then I guess it really got fun in high school when, you know, computers were just starting to get, to have like really good graphic games. And I'm talking about, Castle Wolfenstein and Doom. And so that was really my motivation to get into IT was that these these video games that were coming out on 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 PC platform were so awesome at the time. In high school, I volunteered to do the uh kind of you know work with the the lady that um, her name was Mrs. Simmons and she was pretty much in charge of the computer lab. She's a really capable lady. She had like a computer science degree from like old school when it was it was really like math and stuff, right? So um she set up like the Apple twos and stuff for the typing lab. And so we got all these like, well, you know, windows three, five, one, I guess. And they were going to start a little network with like eight systems. And so I got to help build that. And my whole purpose was so that I could load castle Wolfenstein and skip class and play castle Wolfenstein in the computer lab. Um, and that really kind of led to uh, some, you know, advice from a friend and joining the military and, you know, kind of taking that, that fun and technology sort of, um, into the into the United States Army, and and that's I think really what I guess sharpened the knife, if you will, or right? it got me out of that. I still played video games on deployments when there was time. Don't get me wrong, there's still <laughs> that's still going to happen. However, you know there were a lot of other fun stuff to do in, in IT, and you know like Mike, cybersecurity at the time was just part of it. I mean, you know, communication security is such a core part of the military anyway. You know, everything from radios and, and physical cryptography. You you learn those types of principles already. You know, it doesn't matter really what job you're doing in the military. If you're operating a radio, you've got crypto in your hands, right? That are securing that communication line. And so, you know, that that was a lot of fun. And I learned a lot there. And I, you know, it was one of those things where it was time to time to move on. And so out of out of the military, 
um, one of my first corporate jobs was working a um, network administration kind of role for um, a major gas company. I won't say who they are, uh, but we were controlling all the SCADA equipment uh, for for the pipeline, essentially. <laughs> not not the one that got hacked. Different one. Different one. This was hey, this so is in, it's your this fault. This is in two thousand and three. No, 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 it's not. The other thing I thought was funny is that I put um, I helped. I helped build the very first firewalls that were established in one of our major bases. I'm not going to say the military US army base. And I found out like 10 years later, <laughs> there was some breach to it from a person of mine. And I was like, I wonder if they changed all the passwords. I hope they, I hope they did some basic things. Right. Or maybe they still put something new in, but I, I did, I had a little heart fail and I was like, <gasps> was that me? Did I do something wrong? But no, it totally wasn't. It was a completely new set of equipment. <laughs> Like they're going to be coming and making you do push-ups now that you're a civilian. Uh, you, <laughs> I probably doing push-ups with, with the hose in your face because ten years ago you hey, had, uh, hey. screwed up the it's, firewalls. Exactly, ten years ago. Oh gosh. <laughs> Anyways, but you know that that network that network administration job you know really turned into a cybersecurity job when um, another organization needed a security manager because they were trying to process credit cards and Visa at the time using their CISP. Um, framework was requiring them to do basically a whole bunch of NIST stuff, right? And so that's that's really kind of where I turned from doing, you know, good core network engineering into, you know, I'd consider it to be cybersecurity um, corporate on the corporate level. And that's kind of where the, the whole governance piece came in and got to see PCI get developed from there. And oh gosh, it's, now it's just a nightmare. I don't want to remember. Well, it's amazing how far we've come. I mean, you know, kids come out of college or people come out of college and they've got these specialized things and have no idea, no concept of, of what the other, you know, what we went through to build all this stuff. Um, you know, the trial and error that's out there because, you know, you've had to you know build things from scratch. It's crazy. I think about it. I got to I got to play on the very first Cisco router that Cisco ever made. You know, I mean, it's just like it's a bizarre. And I was like, my buddy was like, you should invest in these guys. You should put some money in, in, in Cisco. They're going to be big one day. And I'm like, it's just another piece of network gear. Like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I got to share one of my my first hacks. And you guys let me know if this is if this is truly a hack or not. But um, I grew up on the, the Apple, right? Started out Apple IIe. And then um, got the first, you know, one of the early Macintosh with the black and white screen. And around that time, um, ResEdit came out. So I don't know if you remember ResEdit for, for Mac. You know, I, this was probably, I don't know, maybe mid-90s. What I could do is go in and change the, um, basically edit the operating system, right? And graphics and, and um, uh, different types of um, like error messages and that sort of thing. But you could also edit um, all the fonts. And so what you could do is switch, like you could switch the little font graphic for the keys on the keyboard, right? So you could switch like the D and K font, for example, and then mm -hmm. pop the keys off the keyboard and switch them as well. So they, so the keyboard works, right? But it's, but it's a weird layout now. And so I did that in my computer lab at school and they weren't too happy about that, but that was, um, that was a lot of fun back then when it was that simple. Yeah, I, I would I would call that 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 app res was called it's a tweak what they call a system tweaker. So system yeah 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 that, system tweaks one. right. And so I wasn't I wasn't privileged enough to have a, a Mac. I I had a trash eighty so whatever. But anyways, um, yeah, we had <laughs> we had to, once we got into Windows ninety five right. We had tweaking 
we had tweaking apps to do all kinds of stuff to the desktop and everything else. But yeah, Apple was always on top of that. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fun. I think they call the that today a misdemeanor. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it's not not. Yeah, that that violates the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, good stuff. Well, that that was uh, that never happened. I just um, just a joke. Just you heard about it from some guy. Yep, I heard that you that could be done. Um, moving reading on. that on a blog, whatever. <laughs> nowadays, so nowadays I think it's a bit different, right? So back when you guys, back in ancient times, um, and uh, kind of the the dark ages when you guys started, you kind of worked your way up all through the ranks of IT, and then eventually security became its own domain, right? And the people recognize that hey, there's a the, the skill sets are getting broader and broader, so people need to be focused. And nowadays, a lot of people are going. Um, maybe have some light IT background or going into the, the security field or even no IT background and going into the security field. And so there are questions out there about how do I know what I want to do? Do I want to be on the red team side doing the attacks, pen testing, stuff like that? Or do I want to be on the blue team side defending the networks? Uh, you know, and, and I, I don't know what, if there's a right answer for that, but maybe we should dive into talking a little bit about certs and some things you can do. Another common question is uh, college degree versus certifications. Do I need to have a degree to get into the field? Those types of things. What would your, what would your recommendations be in terms of um, identifying what you like to do and what kind of where your skill set or where your natural abilities land themselves? And then, you know, how to go down that path from a, from a education perspective. Well, I, I can speak to the college thing as the only one on this podcast with a college degree uh, that happens to be in history. Um, I'm going to say college degree, not that important for <laughs> IT security. So, um, yeah, I mean, but I don't you know the mysteries of Rome, you know? True, true. Yes, I, I, I learned important things about serfdom in Russia in the 18th century. Um, you know, things like that, that, uh, you know, I use today when I'm putting together my documentation. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, here's what I'll say, right? Is it uh, to, to your point, right? I think, I think it depends on your learning style. Okay. Yeah. And so I think some people are better guided learners and some people are better self kind of self-taught learners. Right. And so there's two tracks, you know, I think college or, you know, more of those types of courses are going to be, you know, for the guided learning individuals that do better and, you know, group sessions with labs and that sort of thing. Right. Whereas the, you know, if you're already got some tech behind your, your belt and you're, you're pretty savvy already, then there's lots of, you know, just solo learning resources that you can leverage. Now, back when Mike and I got into this, you know, Microsoft came out with their, you know, Microsoft certified systems engineer track, mm-hmm. and it required you to take three major operating systems and then two electives at the time. And so that those electives are typically networking essentials and like IIS server or exchange or something, something yeah. ridiculous, right? Some other Microsoft component. And that's how you, you know, you kind of, you kind of worked your way up from there. And then of course, um, ISC squared was the, I think some of the very first cybersecurity related, I guess, certification that came out. And so they're still out there. Yeah, Yeah, they're global. And then, you know, ISACA, you know, for certifications, I guess, to to touch on that, you know, ISC squared, ISACA, SANS, I think all these places are going to be good, good locations to get your certs. And, you know, Mike, I don't know. I mean, uh, I think, I think it's, I mean, I don't know. Do you have any suggestions on, you know, I, I know we, well, you know, your history degree doesn't, doesn't d- kind of doesn't matter. 
Right. It's, it's really irrelevant. I guess the only thing that it does help me do is, is it write. I mean, I've learned to write at a college level, which helps me with writing documentation. And that's really the only value I see from that education. That being said, you know, you can get a, a CEH from EC Council and then you can go on to more advanced tracks from there. Um, those are great things to have, but those are tests. They're learning tests. They're book tests. They're not hands-on tests. So, you know, I had, and I don't know if they still even offer this, the CPT test was a certified penetration tester tester test, which basically they gave you two VMs and said, you got to hack these. Um, You had to root these two Unix servers in order to get a certification. That I found far more valuable. I mean, I learned some things in the CEH class that taught me how to do that stuff. Um, So those are, those are the kind of base certs to get. Um, The CEH is a good one. You know, um, but you want experience. You want hands-on experience. You want to be able to, to go ahead and do this. But I still go back to the fact of, you know, things that Laura and I learned growing through the ranks of this. Um, you know, you have to understand how the enterprise works and integrates and how systems work and why they work before you can truly understand how to hack into them or break into them. And that's, that's my firm belief to this day. If you don't understand you know, how the data transverses the entire environment and where those ports are open and that sort of thing. And all you know how to do is write some cool scripts that can, you know, enumerate data. You're not understanding how to truly protect an environment. Yeah, there's a difference between like what the nation state, like, you know, this, you know, this, this hacker collective, like where, you know, we're seeing active today, right? Like there's a, there's a big difference between what what they're doing and, and what even capabilities that, you know, stuff like we're checking for, right? I mean, it's just a different mindset, you know? And so if, you, if you're trying to get into the, the penetration testing game, you know, like Mike said, it's, it's good to have some fundamental IT stuff under your belt already, you know, building basic Windows servers, doing basic networking stuff, right? I mean, if you, you know, if you, if you can't, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to throw subnetting in there as, a, as an example, but if you don't know basic subnetting, like what a slash 26 or slash 25 is, then it's going to be more difficult for you to do this, but it's not impossible. And there are a lot of tools out there. And so if you, you know, you, I think, you know, Mike talked about the CPT and um, the ethical hacker course, offensive security offers really some top notch, top notch courses, and they give you some guided learning, but you also have a lab. So you have a, a capture the flag that you've got to do. Now that's a paid for track. Right. If you want something free, hack the box, dot uh, eu is an absolutely free platform there it's it's run by penetration testers typically um and so they're automatically always changing there's an open forum to um, build a new capture the flag models so i i urge everybody who really wants to do this if you, if you can if you can break through the membership um capture the flag and become a member of, of hack the box eu then you're well on your way and if you need to learn how to do those things hack the box has an academy dot and they've got some pretty good courses in there to get you on your way. But, um, you know, uh, and as I guess, you know, to further on this, uh, just drop a couple tools in your lap. Um, you need, you need to either be on, you know, be able to use Cali or Parrot OS. Yeah. Okay. Um, and in order to run those efficiently, you probably also should use something like VirtualBox or, you know, whatever it is that, you know, options you have on windows. Um, you'll want to be very familiar with the Metasploit framework, which is going to be a part of Kali and Parrot. And you're going to be familiar with, with OpenVADS, which is the basically a Linux-based uh, free source vulnerability scanner. So the, 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 whole, the whole kind of process of, of identifying the attack surface and then, you know, trying to attempting the compromise, right? And so, um, 
you know, those, those types of things I think are, are going to be pretty important for you to be able to not just use, but learn on. And if, you know, whether you go down, you know, either the certified ethical, ethical hacker class or CPT or OSCP for offensive security, you're going to be required to, to be capable on Cali Parrot using, using Metasploit. So, um, you no, know, for, good points. Good points. yeah. And then, and then for, I guess, to drop some programming stuff, if I don't think, I don't think you have to program to be in cybersecurity, right? I mean, there are, no. as Mike said, one of the very, one of the most important foundational things I think we do is writing. I mean, by far, I mean, all, all of the knowledge and, and all of the experience that we have mean nothing if we can't transcribe that in a manner that is consumable by our, our customers. Right. And so I think the writing is probably one of the most important pieces out of all of this. Um, you know, because if you've got a, if you've got a, I mean, whether you're writing a penetration testing report or, or risk assessment report or um, any kind of, you know, road mapping or, or anything like that, it's, it's critical that your writing skills are on point. But, um, you know, as, as, you know, Mike said, you know, I think, you know, college is, is, is a good thing. Um, and you're going to be able to take pieces of that. If you've already had it, you're going to take pieces of that to use, but it, I guess it just depends on how motivated you are. Right. But we have, there's positions all over cybersecurity, not just pen testing, right? Yeah. Um, governance. I would say the one limiter though on college is that if you want to get into management, you're going to have to have a college degree, you know, yeah. entrepreneurial aside, you know, that's a different story. But if you're going to go work at a, you know, fortune 500 company and you want to work your way up to CIO or CISO or whatever, you got to have a degree. They're not going to let you yeah. get past. And you'll need a master's and such, you know, yeah. for that. And, and yeah, there's certainly benefits to college. Um, you know, I, it's just one of those things where it's, it's not necessarily the right track for everybody. Um, and, and everybody's got to make that, that decision for themselves. There's things that you're going to get there that you won't get just from doing certs. But if you're looking for the direct path in, I would say that generally speaking for, for security practitioners, the certifications are going to hold more weight, and um, they also give the employers a, a better look at specifically what you know, right? Because they're more focused in nature. Um, as far as certifications, I mean, I only have five certs, but the one for me that was the the best, I think, was the actually the the CompTIA Network Plus course. Because going back to networking side of things, I mean understanding connectivity uh, was huge. And so that, that was good. I mean, I, I CEH was great. Um, there are some others out there that I think are great, but um, yeah, I think for getting started, depending on your, your background and experiencing on the networking side, that can be a great, great place to go um, if you're real early in, in this path. And there's a bunch of other free resources out there, right? YouTube has millions of hours of uh, videos on cybersecurity, um, of course. And then there's a cybrary.it, C-Y-B-R-A-R-Y.it. Um, they have free memberships for individuals and you can get um, all kinds of training modules through that. Um, if you're a veteran, there are a bunch of lots and lots of free resources out there for you. So if you can self-guide, um, that's those can be a, a great way to go. Stepping into the other disciplines, though, I mean, of course, yeah, compliance, right? What other skills would you say? So writing, of course, is critical. Um, you know, Project I management. Yeah. I think project management's critical role. You know what I mean? 
And then depending um, on how, what, how deeply you're involved with compliance, I mean, you need to be able to run, read and understand things like CCPA and HIPAA and understand the, the thoughts behind them and the requirements behind them and translate that into readable language for your client or your company or however you want to manage it. Because, I mean, as a CISO level, I, sometimes I, I, you know, I play a lawyer on TV, for lack of a better word, because I interpret this stuff and say, oh, this is what this means. Um, so there, there, there's that skill set that you need to learn as well. Well, great. I mean, there's there's a lot more we could say on this, but um, an interest to keep in the the episode to a reasonable length. Let's wrap it up here. Any any final comments before we jump off? You know what? Send us an email if you want some more information, and we'll either respond to the email or we'll put up another one of these podcasts. Or, or LinkedIn is great too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Reach out on LinkedIn, and I think. What's important is that you're you get excited about it. You know, I think you should go after whatever excites you. And if you know, being in cybersecurity and and you know, trying to help protect you know the the, the businesses that, that front our economy and and here in the United States, then go for it. And yeah, reach out to us if there's anything that we can do to help, or if we can talk about this more. Great. Well, thank you for joining us on the Cyber Rants podcast. For those of you who are looking to get into the business, hope this was helpful. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe. Send us your feedback, your comments. And we'd love to hear from you. Have a great day. Take care. Pick up your copy of the Cyber Ants book on Amazon today. And if you're looking to take your cybersecurity program to the next level, visit us online at www.silentsector.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Cyber Ants podcast.